Well, today we are going to wrap up our On Mission series. And as we do, I want to let you know what Christianity should be like. It should be like this right here. That's my baby. It's February. I miss her. Spring's coming, honey. Papa's coming. I should take the R off the back of that thing. I ride it like a bat out of hell. It is so much fun. Uh, It is a wild, adventurous ride, and that's what Christianity should be like. Unfortunately, for a lot of Christians, Christianity is a little bit more like this. Okay? And listen, you, what if God made you for more than mealy-mouth, ho-hum Christianity, where you come to church, you try not to cuss, you try to leverage God to give you the American dream, and then you grow a little bit, feel guilty about some stuff, and then die. What if God made you for more than that? What if he made you for this wild, adventurous ride to be on mission with God, to expand his kingdom? And so on mission, we've talked about aware, we've talked about prayer, we've talked about care, and to set up the the last installment of this, I want to look at some verses with you. The first one we'll begin with is probably the most famous verse in the scriptures and what comes after it. John 16 and following says this. Just soak these in. I'm going to throw a couple passages at you. Just soak it in. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Jesus would follow up on that in John 14 verse 6 where he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Peter echoing those things as he gave a sermon captured in Acts chapter 4 verse 12 said, and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Driving home, I'll give you one more passage out of 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Now, I, I could keep going, but I think I've made the point clear, Right? So, so what we're doing is we've done on mission, we've done aware, and we've done prayer, and we've done care, but some questions for you. If you are aware, but the people who fall in the shadow of your life never trust in Jesus, what happens? If you are in prayer, but they never trust in Jesus, what happens? If you care, but they never trust in Jesus, what happens? And, and so let's say that you are living aware that people have one of two eternal destinies. 
let's say that you are in prayer, you not only pray for them, dang it, you prayed with them. And you've cared for them. You raked their leaves and you took them to lunch. And that person has never, but never heard the gospel and never will. What happens? Well, they have a clean yard and they go to hell. And that's a cold truth. But it is truth and I owe it to you. You see, share is the key. And by share, I mean that we, the body of Christ, any disciple, that we tell people the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the key, and it is the one that probably scares you the most. Right? Like, we aware. Oh, yes. Yeah. Prayer, obviously. Care, amen. Share. Ooh. Ooh, really? So uh, we have sayings that we latch on to. Things like this one right here. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. We love that. There's a couple problems with it. Uh, it's attributed to St. Fra- Francis of Assisi, but uh, scratch that out. He never said it. And he never said it because it's complete bullcrap. Let me correct it for you. Use words because it's necessary. Uh, Listen, the gospel is a message. It is a verbal message. It is good news. It is a message. Now, we need to harmonize our actions and our attitudes with our message. Absolutely. That's why we do prayer. That's why we do care. Absolutely. But if we never use words to communicate the gospel, we did not share. There's no way to communicate. It's like telling most of a joke but leaving off the punchline. It's useless. It's a waste. It doesn't help. Or if we don't latch on to things like that, what we'll do is we'll downshift into invite them to church. That's not a bad thing to do, but one caution, we could be miscommunicating to the people around us if all we do is invite them to church. After all, what is our message to the world? Is it not come to religious services, and if you do that enough, God will be happy with you? Does that sound like the gospel to you? Not at all. Not at all. But that's what they think it is. They think we're religious, and what they think we want is for them to be religious like us, so come to services. And if we're not careful, our invite to church can underscore that misappropriation of the gospel. Again, inviting to church is a fine thing to do, but for most Christians, it's the only tool in the share toolbox, and that's this right here. But you got to know, Jesus, that wasn't his plan. Like, if you look in Luke chapter 9, he sends out the 12 disciples, later called the apostles. He sends out the 12, two by two, town to town, to go share, to preach the gospel. You go, well, sure, the apostles. (laughs) No, no, no. Turn to the next chapter, Luke 10. He sends out the 72. So it's basically all his followers, all who call themselves disciples. He sent them out two by two to preach the message. What he didn't send them out to do is to go town to town and invite them back so Jesus can share the message. That's not it. Instead, they would share the good news because they are going to have an awesome ride. 
They're going to be on mission. A wild, adventurous ride. And I'll tell you what, that means the ministers are you all. The ministers are in the pews, not just in the pulpit. So it's not just that you invite them to church and we share, it's that you share. That's the wild, adventurous mission. Now, that takes some equipping. Our job is to equip you to do that. And so what I'm going to do today is equip you to share. Because I think most Christians know we ought to be doing this more, but we have no idea how, and so we feel bad about it. And so I want to show you and tell you how. It's going to be very practical, but I got to warn you, if this is your first time here, this is a weird one. Okay, I'll let you know. This is a weird one, right? But let's talk about the gospel. The gospel is a very simple outline. When you share, issue, problem, solution, response. That's it. In fact, most messages can fall into that. Okay? So there's an issue. You want to have clean carpets. The problem is that your vacuum cleaner sucks. Or doesn't. Right, because it's a vacuum, okay, sorry. All right, so that's the problem. Your vacuum cleaner is lousy. And the solution is, I have a great vacuum cleaner I can sell you, and then response, do you want to buy it? Issue, problem, solution, response. It's very simple. And the gospel certainly fits that. The issue is that everyone was created to be in relationship with God. That's what we were made for. That's the good life connected to him, not just for eternity, but for now. That's the issue. The problem, of course, is sin. All of us have turned our backs on God. We all know it. We've all sinned. And the result of that is brokenness. Broken lives, broken relationships, a broken world. It is ruined. We all have guilt. We all have shame. It's hanging off of us. We're disconnected from God that we were supposed to be in relationship with. We're like a fish out of water flopping around on the beach as the air slowly leaves our lungs. That's the problem. Okay? Well, the solution, of course, is Jesus hanging on the cross. Pain, the death penalty. We were spiritually dead, and Jesus paid that on the cross, taking our debt upon himself. So for those who turn back to God through Jesus by putting their faith in Christ, putting their life in his hands, well, then we experience reconnection with God. And that is now. That's not just later. Okay, It's not some prayer to get out of hell someday, but it's reconnection now. It's the fish in the water now. Hope, meaning purpose, joy now, even though life's still hard. That's the solution. And then, of course, the response is because it's not just automatic. We already looked in John 3 where Jesus said, whoever believes in him. That's not everyone. Or 1 John 5, 12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. So the, the gospel message is not just information. It's invitation. It's not just information, it is invitation. And so the most loving thing we can do is to bring those around us to a decision point. There's a response. And there it is. Issue, problem, solution, response. What I just went through is an incredibly simple message and I am convinced that every disciple of Jesus Christ can share that with anyone. It's not out of your reach. It's a simple message. 
of course, we still struggle. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to fill your toolbox. I'm going to not give you just one. I'm going to give you a lot of different suggestions and tools that you can use. In fact, we put together a toolbox online. We put together a page called On Mission on our website, and you can see it here. If you go up to resources, first one now is On Mission, and it takes you to a page. Watch this. Aware, prayer, care, share. It's crazy. You, uh, they flip. There's links under them, like under share. You can click on a link that says sharing your personal faith story, and it takes you to another tool there. Now, that resource toolbox is on our website. If you are on our email list, we will send you five emails spread throughout this year, kind of highlighting different options and tools, reminding you, that kind of thing, keeping it on your radar. So that's one uh, opportunity, one tool. That's a whole toolbox. One of the tools, of course, is your personal faith story. So let's talk about that. I want you, if you've never done this before, use this tool to get your personal faith story down tight. And by tight, I mean elevator speech, not two-hour documentary. It's not a biography of your life. Well, I was born and stop, okay? so, So your elevator speech about how you came to know Jesus. Another caution here. We live in a society of that's your truth, but not my truth. So just because you share about your engagement with Jesus, in our society today, that means nothing as far as what they should do. You see that? And so the the thing you got to remember is that your faith story is the appetizer, not the meal. Your story is the appetizer, not the meal. The meal is to tell Jesus' story, right? Because your story could never raise the dead to life. And only the gospel can do that. So we use our story to get to his story. We'll come back to that. But with your faith story, uh, that elevator speech kind of in hand, then you can use social media. Did you know social media can be used for more than arguing about politics? (laughs) Turns out. How about that, right? So what if, uh, listen, when you come in on those bonus Sundays, y'all love those redemption stories we put together, right? Wouldn't you love it if everyone in our church had one of those redemption stories? And then you could like post that on your social media to share your story. Now, it is logistically impossible for us to generate 1,500 of those. Here's the good news. All of you right now, have a video camera in your pocket. If you don't know how to use it, ask your children <laughs> or your grandchildren. You know what? Like, and, and all you have to do is get that thing ready and then share it and record it, but it won't be very polished. Perfect. Let it be raw. Let it be real. Let it be messy. That'll be winsome. Go with that. Tell your story and then post that online. Okay. Another option, another tool in your toolbox is, and this one will be crazy. What if you simply had a human-to-human conversation? Wouldn't that be weird? Now, of course, there's a big hurdle there. How in the world am I going to bring that one up? Like, that's a weird one, right? Okay, I'm going to give you a super secret weapon. Ready? Have I ever told you why I'm into the Jesus stuff? It's not rocket surgery, people. 
right? Like that. This is simple stuff. Just, you ask somebody, hey, have I ever told you? They're going to say no because you haven't, okay? Um, and, and then you just say, oh, well, could I buy you coffee and share my story with you? You can do that. Like, this is so simple, right? And then you take them out to coffee or beer, dinner, whatever, and you sit down and you tell them your, your story. Now, what if to the second question they say no? That's okay. You tried, and then you keep on praying for them and caring for them, and you move on. That's okay. You tried. But then you can have a conversation with them. Now, in which, uh, of course, you're setting up to tell your story, but remember, your story is just the appetizer, not the meal. So how are you going to communicate the gospel? Well, as I've already walked you through a simple four-point outline, you can easily share that with them. If you feel like you need training wheels, we give away these little booklets at our welcome kiosk. You're welcome to grab one. Uh, and you, it walks through. Go figure. There's four points to it. Uh, and it's a very simple message. Well, now, you go, okay, dude, you're a boomer. No, I'm not. I'm Gen X. Shut up, all right? So, um, but those are old school. So if you want, fine. I have on my phone this app right here called God Tools, which basically lets you just walk through the message with somebody right on your phone. Like, well, that feels like, listen, you can go, hey, thanks for listening to my story, but to tell you about the Jesus thing, like, I'm just really not that great at it. Do you mind if I just walk through this? Just be real with people. They'll, they'll love that. And, and you just, there's some training wheels. You can share that thing. Put another tool in your toolbox. Down underneath your chairs, you will find these. This is about the door video. You remember the door video? We've actually remade the door video recently. It's an updated version because we felt like we were being dishonest. In the old video, I was younger and in better shape. <laughs> and, and I borrowed somebody's big, nice truck. So in this one, I look like this, and I have my small, crappy old truck. So uh, it's more authentic. But we remade that thing, and I'm really proud of my team and how they produced it. They did a great job on it. What you have under your chair on the left, that's a sticker. It actually has a fold break point. You should have seen me in my office this morning trying to get this thing off the backing until Pastor Austin said, dude, there's a break point. Anyway, so uh, you can stick that thing on your car, laptop, water bottle, wherever you put stickers. Uh, go for it. It's a QR code. Takes them right to the door video. Or then there's those cards. You see there's two sides to it. There's a difference between it. The sticker is very passive. The card is active. You have to hand it to somebody. I challenge you to do both. Do both. Just filling your toolbox, right? Uh, or, uh, of course, you could uh, record your faith story, put it on social media, and then link to the door video. Boom. Appetizer and meal. Done. Look at that. Tons of great options for you here. Just filling your toolbox. Now, what I've done so far is told you a lot of what to do. What I'm going to do next is tell you what not to do. And I'm going to just go off on you hardcore. No apologies. I'm going to give you the longest list I've ever put in a sermon before. So buckle in. But here we go. Don't. Don't get off track. You're going to have a conversation with somebody, and conversations take twists and turns and all that. But listen, don't get sidetracked into arguing about creationism and evolution, okay? Like, we're not looking to make creationists. That's not the goal. 
Don't get sidetracked in politics and morality. Like you want to make sure you stay on track and give them the meal of the gospel and see what God does with it. Make sure you get to that, okay? Secondly, don't argue. Don't argue. It is a pointless waste of time and energy. You will never argue somebody into faith in Jesus Christ. It will never happen. So you answer questions for sincere seekers. That, that's a fine thing. Have dialogue, but don't argue. And don't get defensive. Understand this. Jesus is going to be okay. Like Jesus is quite secure and content on his throne. He's the king of kings. He's not wigging out like he might lose the argument. Like he doesn't care, right? So Jesus is secure. You don't have to defend him. We have a tendency to win the battle but lose the war. We want to win hearts and minds and souls, not arguments, not arguments. Don't argue. Okay, next, don't be pushy. Under aware, I told you to fish with a net, not a pole. You're going to cast it broad, see where God's working, and go there. That means you don't have to be pushy. If somebody is not interested, that's okay. You tried. Maybe God isn't working there. That's okay. What we tend to do, unfortunately, is we tend to try to sell Jesus as if he's a used car. Have you ever gone on a used car lot and those salesmen are uber pushy, right? Like they're on you like white on rice and in your face because they're trying to sell you a jalopy, right? Some lemon on the lot, push, push, push. Go into a Lamborghini dealership. I don't know. I've never been in one. But what I understand is uh, they're not very pushy. And the reason why is because their cars are freaking awesome. And they don't have to be pushy. They have two questions. Can you afford it? And what color do you want? That's it. You understand, Jesus is way better than a Lambo. We do not have to be pushy and try to sell him like some jalopy. He's an awesome, awesome savior. So instead of being pushy, just give people a choice for a response and then give them space and let them decide. It's okay. Now, to balance those out, don't be timid. Don't be timid. Look at Romans chapter 1. Verses 15 and 16. Paul said, So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Listen, you are offering awesome news, great news, good news, the gospel. It's grace, it's forgiveness, it's reconnection with God, it's what they were made for, it's eternity, it is true life. Someone ever come up to you and said, hey, I've got good news and bad news, which do you want first? We do that, right? I hate that. Like, which I don't know. We hate bad news, we love good news. You are offering not bad news, you're offering the good news. And so don't be timid with it. Don't be timid. Also, don't be cold. <laughs> Sometimes we, we're doing our duty as good Christians. It's like, must share information regarding Jesus of Nazareth. Like, come on. Sharing is not just an exercise of the mind. It's an exercise of the heart. We have been rocked by Jesus. We love our Savior. We love people. We want a redemption story for that person. And so our heart's engaged. And Acts... 
they tried to shut the disciples up. They told them to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And they said, we can't help but speak of what we've seen and heard. They'd been so rocked, they loved Jesus. They can't stop talking about him. Let your heart be engaged. Share is an exercise of the heart. There should be love and hope and vision, passion flowing into it. Don't be cold. Next, don't be in a hurry. See, sharing can be a journey, not just a conversation. We can't make the same assumptions that we could have 50 years ago. 50 years ago in this country, those who were not Christians shared our same assumptions about life. And so what we had to do is help them shift from religion to relationship. Nowadays, they don't share our assumptions. And so they might have a whole lot more questions. And that's okay. So it might not be just one conversation. It might be a journey. Don't be in a hurry. You're messing with their life. Don't be in a hurry. And that's half the list. I warned you. I warned you, okay? Don't fear hard questions. Don't fear hard questions. Listen, uh, one of our big objections is, but what if I get a question I can't answer? Everyone said that, right? Okay, the only one who will never get a question that he can't answer is God himself. He is omniscient. And so if that's the standard, only God can share. But he chose to use us. That was his choice. You will always be in the potential position of getting a question you can't answer. And that's a great opportunity because here's how you respond. That's a great question. But you know what? I don't know the answer to it. Could I do some research on that and get back together with you and show you what I found? so simple. But, but you just did three things. One, you displayed humility. People are really not impressed by know-it-all Christians. You just displayed humility, and that's winsome. And, and then secondly, you gave yourself an opportunity to continue the conversation, to get back together. That's awesome. Third, you just called them out a little bit in a very subtle way. Uh, because a lot of times what people are doing is throwing questions as, smo- as smoke screens. They just, they're really, their heart is closed, they don't want God, and they're throwing those up. And so now they're like going to go, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Oh, okay, that's where you are. Or they're going to go, that'd be great. Perfect, perfect. You, you allow them to show their hand a little bit, okay? That's not a bad opportunity. Of course, if they say, no, I don't want to get back together with you, then don't be pushy. Right? Back to that, right? So don't, be, don't fear hard questions. In fact, next, don't be paralyzed by any fears. What if I make the relationship awkward? What if they think less of me? I want you to take all those fears, put them here, and put the fact that that person might spend eternity apart from Jesus here and weigh it in a balance. We got to get over ourselves. We got to get over ourselves in this. Don't be paralyzed by fears. And then, don't preach. Don't preach at them. Ask a lot of questions about them. Have a a dialogue, a conversation with them. You're talking with a human being. So interact with them. Yes, you have a message that you want to share, absolutely. But dialogue is going to be much more effective than monologue. So find a balance. Find a balance. This next one's really important. Don't be weird. (laughs) Don't be weird, Christians. (laughs) 
Uh, and uh, listen, don't, don't speak Christian ease to them. Now, don't be fake like, hey, what's up, my man? Like, stop, just be yourself, okay? But, but at the same time, uh, don't speak Christian ease. So for example, I've already talked to you about sharing your faith story. Did I say testimony? No. Why? You go, hey, can we get together for coffee? And I share my testimony. Then you go, oh, when's your court date? That's weird, okay? Hey, I just want you to be baptized in the blood of Jesus. Stop, right? Don't be weird. And also don't be a jerk, okay? Don't be a jerk. Listen, we are representing Jesus, right? Jesus is the one who interacted in a winsome and effective way. He engaged with people's deep needs and then he died for them. This is why we do prayer and care. It's important. So our verbal message ought to harmonize with our attitude and action. It's not divorced from those things, right? These go together. When we are jerk missionaries, it's probably because we've taken the focus off of Jesus and them, and we've put the focus on ourselves. It's all about us being faithful and doing our duty as good Christians. And then we're jerks. It's no longer about loving them. It's no longer about effectively communicating to them. So if you are on the street corner with the big sign and shouting at people about hell, you're a jerk. And it's fruitless, and it's not effective, and you're turning people off, but you don't care. Why? Because I'm being a faithful Christian. It's all about me. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be a jerk. And then lastly, don't own the fruit. Um, I was sitting earlier this week with some parents in my office and uh, talking to them about parenthood. I told them that they are not responsible for how their kids turn out. Take that to the bank. It's so huge. You are not responsible for how your kids turn out. You are responsible for how you parent. That's different. Because those kids are human beings who have wills that you can't control. You can't control them. You can control yourself. You're responsible for how you parent, not for how your kids turn out. It's the same thing with sharing the message of the gospel. We are responsible for our part. So our success is that we boldly share the gospel while avoiding all these don'ts. That's our responsibility. What happens after that is between them and God. Don't own the fruit. Your job is not to convert anyone. Your job is to inform and to invite. So you're on a treasure hunt to find a ripe banana. I make the same smoothie every morning. I mean, the exact same smoothie every morning. That's how I roll. My kids coined the term Rickbot. I hate my kids, but anyway, so... (laughs) They turn, so Rick Bob makes the same smoothie every morning, does have banana. I prefer to have a greenish banana, but sometimes I get a banana that's too green. Have you ever tried to open a banana that's too green? And you just can't pop that top, right? And you end up mangling like the top half of it, right? Don't bruise the fruit. Like sometimes we're trying to own the reason. Listen, if they're not ready... You tried, you move on. You don't try to rip the top off of it. Leave the results between them and God. So there's a long list of what not to do. (laughs) 
That stuff's been building for 30 years of ministry <laughs> uh, on my heart. I'll give you one more don't. Don't be silent. Don't be silent. This is why Jesus left us here until he comes back. This is our mission. I want you to live on mission. I want you to take that wild, adventurous ride. Go give it a rip. Do your best. Have your heart in the right spot. Trust God to fill in the gaps of your imperfections. Don't be silent. In fact, I want us to do this together as a congregation this year. So you might have noticed that huge display out in the atrium. It's over in that corner. It says on mission. And so what I want you to do this year is when you care for somebody, meaning you do an intentional act of care in hopes of sharing the gospel with them, right? There's going to be a link to sharing, right? So if you do something like that, you write their initials on that white ping pong ball and you drop it in the plexiglass there. If you share, so you've actually communicated the gospel message to somebody in some way, you write their initials on a yellow ping pong ball. Yellow is light. We're sharing the light. You, you'll write it on there and drop that in the, in the plexiglass. And if somebody comes to faith in Jesus, green is new life. We're looking for new life. And you write their initials on that and you drop it in there. And we're going to look forward to seeing that fill up in our atrium all year long as we go on mission with Jesus. So let me close with this. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 to 15 says this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? Isn't that great news? Yeah, Paul's going to go, ah, uh, but, but, but. How then will they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So I want to have a commissioning service right now. If you want to be on mission with God this year, I want you to stand. If you don't stand, that's totally fine. We respect your choice, that's fine. Right? But if you want to shift from the tricycle of ho-hum Christianity to the wild, adventurous mission ride, then stand. If you want to embrace aware, prayer, care, share, you want to be on mission, stand. And then I want you to look around the room and just imagine, just imagine what our God can do with a missionary force like this being released in our area. That is ridiculous. I'm looking at a ton of missionaries right now for Stowe and the surrounding areas, and I'm thrilled. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the same way that uh, our pastors, every time we preach, say that we, we need to hear from you, our God, not from a pastor, I, I pray the same for these folks right now, that you would so fill them with your Holy Spirit that you would send them all out. I commission them right now. I pray that you would go with them, before them, behind them, in them, and that you would preach through them your message in a winsome, effective way that the people we know might hear of the glorious Savior that we love so much. Father God, I, I commit them to you, and I pray that they would have an awesome, adventurous ride 
on mission with you this year. And I pray in Christ's name, amen.